Welcome to Dig Me Out, where we review the best unheard, forgotten, lost treasures of 90s alternative rock. I am your host, Tim Minichi. Joining me, Jason Ziak. Welcome, Jason. Hey, Tim. I'm going to give a little um, a little bit of our bona fides, our resume, our experience, if you will. We were both DJs in college radio in the 90s. That makes us experts on music. And we are going to use our expertise to spread the word about bands and albums that people ignored, forgot, don't know about, and hopefully turn some people onto music that they'll enjoy or tell them to avoid music that sucks. Why did we choose the 90s? Why did we choose the 90s? Because that's the only music that matters. Because the 90s are the apex of music in this country, and everything has been downhill since then. Is that fair? I think it was. Wasn't it the, the 90s was... The last great uh, major label signing push. If you really think about it, it's probably the last time when a significant music uh, movement happened, and all the A and R guys for all the labels ran out and just started signing every band they could possibly find. Yeah, it was it was a gold rush basically, and that hasn't really happened since. No, really. no, no. That's 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 done. So we're going to find all those bands that got signed to one record deals and then disappeared and rediscover their albums, rediscover the good albums that have been forgotten. And the first Excellent. one the first one we're going to do is a band called Wool, which nobody's ever heard of except for us, but has some actual cool history to it. They were a DC band but moved out to LA in the 90s, formed in the early 90s by brothers Peter and Franz Stahl who had previously been in a band called Scream. Now, why is Scream important, Jay? Why? Because their drummer was Dave Grohl, so that makes them rock royalty. But uh, Dave left Scream to go play drums in some other band, and they didn't have a band, and they found a couple of guys. Uh, One was Al Block of Concrete Blonde to play bass, and another was Peter Moffat of Government Issue, later to be in Burning Airlines, to play drums. They put out a couple singles and an EP, and then in 94, they signed to London Records and released the album we're going to review, Box Set. It should be noted that on that record, it was a different drummer. It's not Peter Moffat. It is Chris Bratton of the band Drive Like Jehu. Jehu? Jehu. I'm, I'm never going to know how to pronounce that correctly. <laughs> You're forgiven. I, okay. They uh, put out that record, and then there was no album sales, and they broke up. France Stahl went on to play guitar for two years in the Foo Fighters. He was in between, who did we say? Pat Smear and uh, Chris Shiflett. Is that right? Or was it Buckethead and, and Bubblefoot? I can't remember. He was in between two guitar players. So, box set. So, yeah. What are your impressions? Yes. Yes. <laughs> what are your impressions of this record? Well, your first impression, I want to hear it fresh. Like you've never said well, it before. You gave me both records. The first one is definitely more what you would expect from early 90s. And I think the thing I like about Box Set is it's not typical, I would think, of sort of the early mid-90s uh, alternative rock uh, sort of sound. One of the big reasons why is a singer who to me at times really reminds me of like Patton, which is interesting. Not a lot of people can pull that off. Um, hear a little Frank Black here and there, but 
for the most part, he's pretty unique in the way that he sings and he's, what he's able to do with his voice. That's one of the big things I think that makes them a little bit different. Uh, songwriting wise, you know, it's it's pretty good. It's not anything lyrically that's going to blow your mind or uh, you know, super interesting. There's actually some some pretty typical 90s cliches on there one of one of which is uh, a song called superman is dead yeah which, you know i looked that up and that was two years before the our lady peace album back then. i don't know what the fascination was with superman in the 90s but maybe one episode we'll just do uh, a whole podcast about songs written about superman in the 90s because i think there's <laughs> more than needs to be i it had um, something to do with christopher reeve obviously yeah um yeah, there's some other, you know, weird moments of, you know, odd lyrics thrown in here and there for shock value. But um, I think the real, to me, the real appeal is of, of the band is is sonically what the, what's going on. I think the blend of the, the instruments is, is really unique. I think uh, you know, the, the rhythm section is really strong. I think guitar-wise, you know, I think they're at their best uh, in the mid-tempo sort of. Uh, slower songs, and I think that kind of lets them be a little bit more unique, uh, lets the guitar do some different things. Um, I think when the songs get up-tempo, you sort of hear more of the Bleach Nirvana-style riffs. Things get a little bit more stereotypical and less interesting for me. Um, but overall, I think um, it's a pretty strong album. It's definitely worth uh, worth people going back and, and listening to. You know, one of my favorite songs in the album is B350, which is uh, apparently seven minutes long. I didn't realize that until uh, we did this podcast and I revisited the track listing and looked at the times. But um, it's a pretty pretty long tune, but um, it's got a really cool kind of vibe to it. It's, it's, it's got a mood for the whole album, which is, which is pretty interesting. It's very... Uh, Vocals at times are really kind of dry and sort of right up front, which is pretty neat. And it has uh, the drums and guitars, and, and uh, the mix overall has a uh, real, real cool room sound. Uh, and that was one of the big things I think, uh, which makes it worthy to go back and listen to, is because the production stands up really well. I think it sounds um, pretty, pretty damn good, even though it's what 17 years old 17 years um, yeah i mean it still it still holds up really well sonically so it's not one of those things where you know you go back and you kind of have to recondition yourself to sort of put up with whatever production uh was was uh, available at that time you go back and listen to something old um it still sounds pretty current actually with the pretty neat so this is a band i, I, I kind of wish i would have would have listened to more when they were out I, I vaguely remember the name um a couple of the songs sound vaguely familiar i probably remember them spinning them at the radio station but uh, for the most part it's kind of a pretty good lost gem i think so that was my impressions of uh wool's box set what uh what'd you think of it tim uh i actually had a positive reaction to the album but i had sort of the opposite take i liked some of the faster more up-tempo songs especially the first two songs and you mentioned you know mike Patton as being a a, a vocalist that that you you were reminded of um i sort of heard a little bit of robin zander in the especially in the first song 
there were elements of you know, really melodic verses, but sort of losing the control over the vocal, and it was getting a little raspy. And and I, I definitely heard a an attempt to be or, or sort of combine the the hardcore of scream that that like yelling and uh, dissonant vocal, but com- but definitely reaching towards a you know polished sound there's definitely not i wouldn't say there's not a lot of hooks on this record but it's definitely not a it's not a power pop record by any means but it's not anti-melodic there are every song's built around a chorus would you say it's more in like the pixies vein in terms of uh the hooks are the way he phrases things and it's not necessarily like they build up to a big chorus and then there's a big sing-along it's kind of like more the sort of him repeating a phrase or coming up with some you know, cool melody around how to say certain things, and there, there's an element of that. Although they don't really do the, you know, the the soft verse and the loud chorus a lot. Like they tend to be rock. If it's a rock song, they're rocking throughout the whole song. Yeah. The quiet song, they tend to be quiet throughout the whole song. Um, I I do like the track six. Chances are, as far as the slower songs go. Yeah. Um, you know, you had mentioned some of the up the faster things getting a little bit generic for the time track eight speak definitely has a nirvana you know bleach sound to it with the drum and bass just it's just the way that those those two instruments are locked together it's very much uh typical for that era yeah i mean the drummer reminds me of dave grohl um and that's not a bad thing i mean those the up-tempo songs there's nothing wrong with them i mean they're not bad songs they're just uh I guess they're less interesting to me. Maybe it's just because I can hear the influences more in them. I'm more taken with the stuff that's uh, a little bit more unique and uh, distinctive for them. So. All right. So I think overall, we both like the record and we both would recommend that if people are looking for something from the 90s that's not grunge or you know, off, it's a little bit off the uh, mainstream radar, that this would be a good record to seek out. I know it's on Amazon, so you can definitely find this band out there. And uh, any last words? On Amazon, is it uh, MP3s or CDs or what, what are you? How can you buy it on? I think you can get, uh, uh, you know, like used versions for like three bucks or fifty cents or something like that. Every college radio station in America, when they converted over to digital, dumped their CDs. So every single one of those ended up on either Amazon or uh, some in some used bin in the college town. So you can you can get a nice promo copy of uh, all these records that we're going to be reviewing. So that's it. Uh, episode one's in the can. I want to thank uh, Jason Ziak for joining me, and uh, be sure to check in next week for another episode of Dig Me Out. Visit the Dig Me Out podcast at digmeoutpodcast.blogspot.com. Join our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter at Dig Me Out Podcast.